This is the Smooth Operator Podcast. I'm Adam Liette, Director of Operations for a seven-figure online business and eight-year veteran of Army Special Operations. On this show, we get into the tactical nitty-gritty of what it really takes to run a thriving online business because at the end of the day, operators lead the way. Welcome to this show, Smooth Operators. So good to have you. It's Friday. You know what that means. It's Interview Friday, and as always, man, you know I get the best people. You know I do, and this to, to, today is going to be absolutely no exception because we're going to get into some really cool stuff, talking about you know building a startup, working in the SaaS business, if anyone is has ever been down that route of working with SaaS, um, which is software as a service. I feel like I shouldn't have to say that, but uh, half times I have to say it for myself because acronyms are... You know, I have too many military acronyms still in my head and we'll do a whole lot on content marketing and just, man, it's going to be a fun one. I'm really looking forward to this. I have Jeff Dolan. Jeff is the CEO of Wave. That's W-A-V-V-E. If you haven't used Wave yet, check them out. There's going to be a link in the show notes. Wave is super cool. I've been using it for years, Um, but Wave is a cloud-based platform. That really what it does is helps podcasters and other audio uh, creators keep marketing on social media simple. And simple is better, as we know. Uh, Jeff is a podcaster, a musician. He's got my heart there. And award-winning filmmaker who loves to encourage creators of all stripes. Jeff, I'm so looking forward to having you here. Even though I'm a little jealous, you're back down to North Carolina. I miss I miss those blue <laughs> Carolina skies. But I'll just like soak it in as much as I can on this call. Thank you so much for joining me. How are you? Thank you, Adam. Doing great. Thanks for having me. Fantastic. Yeah. So, so cool to have you. Um, so I got your outreach, uh, your, your message. I was like, wave, no kidding. This is great. Awesome. That's kind of the cool thing that happens with podcasting is you, you just get to meet people and it's like, wow. we Absolutely. Behind these like brands that we create for ourselves, we're just like dudes hanging out and yeah. You know, yeah, absolutely, cool. man. And where are you so, based again? I'm in Ohio now. Ohio. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So the time we're recording this, it's getting super cold. Right. It's getting cold here too, actually. It's going to yeah. be in the twenties, I think. Well, it was 15 when I woke up to go to the gym Whoa. this morning. Mm. And the, the rumor <laughs> is the week by the weekend, we have like negative five. No so, way. Yeah. Oh, it's tough. But you know, this is just good encouragement to stay inside. <laughs> Yeah. You know, I'm just saying, there's a reason that we don't work outside. So, but yep. Awesome, Jeff. So uh, I'd love to know more about your background. I, I've seen all sorts of the public facing stuff, but uh, I'd love to know more about your journey to this place. Yeah. So I, I went to uh, UNC Chapel Hill in North Carolina and uh, ended up basically jumping right into medical software as a service um, tech sales. And so selling software to doctors and hospitals and health systems and um, really kind of learned the whole sales game. And as I progressed through my career, it became clear that technology and digital marketing was becoming more along with the internet the customer was getting more knowledgeable about your product before you were able to talk to them as a salesperson. (laughs) And so they were already farther along the journey 
and it was digital marketing and sales are kind of merging a little more. And so I really started uh, leaning more towards the marketing side. And, you know, it was always this uh, chasm in corporate America between the sales team and the marketing team, right? And they would just lob leads over the fence and say, all right, you guys close them. And they track all these metrics. And you're like, guys, like, is this that's really what we're still doing here. And so I saw the trend happening pretty early and said, you know, I need to, I need to test out some of these things that I'm doing. And so I, I started a side hustle to basically take on clients and prove out some of the, the digital marketing stuff I was doing. And one of my first clients actually said, well, Hey, uh, can you come on full time, you know, as our VP and kind of our COO operations kind of person and just like help us scale. Right. And so that was a super exciting opportunity uh, that I jumped on to be able to test out whether I actually knew what I was talking about. Because <laughs> I think you hear a lot about, you know, so-and-so, you know, click funnels or, what, you know, whatever the, the hottest thing is, is out there that you need to use. And you could do all these things and there's all these millionaires and it's amazing. And I was like, okay, let, let me try. Let me try. <laughs> and so um, I was able to really scale uh, that company and it was a, online course company, uh, teaching tax pros and accountants, you know, taxes and all that. And so I was able to really get a first look into, uh, not just the operations of like how to operate a company like that, but how to scale, scale it, uh, on the digital marketing side and how courses work. Right. And you find stats like 95% plus of people that take courses don't finish them and or buy courses, right? They don't finish them. Uh, and, and how hard it is to get people to do more than just buy a course and feel good about buying it, <laughs> right? You have that. I forget what the concept is where somebody buys a course and they feel so good about buying it that they don't take it. <laughs> yeah, the transaction, I mean, it it leads to the transformation, right? Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. But but the transformation part requires you to actually work. <laughs> no, it, it's osmosis. I heard yeah. it. I read it on a blog or something. Yeah. So so that that was really um uh, fun and I was able to uh work with a small team and and really build that up and see a lot of fruit. And then from that success, I had some friends that were um building their private equity company and they they really wanted me to help them uh, do the same thing. And so they they found a company, Wave, and they said, uh, we want you to run this. Will you run this for us? And I said, wow, that's that's an honor. That's that's amazing. And uh, so, yeah, they, uh, they took uh, some faith and invested in me and uh, let me run Wave. So <laughs> that's where I am today. And uh, yeah, I mean, the... Calm Capital is the name of the private equity company that invested and that bought Wave uh, from the two founder or three founders. Uh, they're based out of South Carolina. Awesome team, awesome group of guys. They built Wave up. Um, I think in 2016 they started, and so they kind of caught that wave of uh, podcasting going right into COVID, where it was just going like nuclear. Everybody's coming home. They, like, they were locked in their house. They were like. Maybe I, I'm I don't want to do video, but I got a microphone and I'm going to figure this out, right? And so, uh, you know, podcasting was an easy play for somebody to create content, 
And uh, it's such a wonderful thing, as you know, to connect with people and especially when you're at home. And so we really saw just that rocket growth during COVID. And then when everybody went back to work, it it kind of, you know, settled down a little bit. And so I think there's a, a lot of content creators out there and a lot of businesses, right? If you're an operator in your business and you're looking at digital marketing on how do I grow or scale my business, you've very clearly realized that paid ads has gotten out of hand <laughs> for, for the majority of people. It's very hard, especially with smaller dollar amount products to scale your business. And so you've had to move into content creation. You've become a publishing company right? Yeah. And so we're all now mini publishing companies. And so uh, to the extent that you can produce content uh, and learn how to get that out there is is how you get known and how people find out about you, right? Uh, and so that's kind of where the evolution has landed with Wave. So Wave is helping you, helping that journey, right? If you're the content creator, you need a simple, easy way to get that content created, get it out, get it on socials, um, that's the mission and the flag that we have raised and that we're trying to help people with and not get overwhelmed. Cause I think that's the, one of the things that just, you know, as a content creator myself, it's super hard, right? You're trying to run a company, trying to manage your family, your health, all the things that are going on. And you somehow got to create content and put it out there. <laughs> and so yeah. I was talking to a, a customer that, uh, they, they bought, it wasn't a, an Adobe product, but it was, it was an, a product that, you know, they were trying to learn content creation. They logged into it and it was like, whoa, too much, too many buttons and things going on here. And they immediately yeah. were like, nope, <laughs> not even going to try to learn this. Um, and so it's funny to hear like the different experiences of people that are getting into podcasting or editing or content creation. Um, how, how many different, you know, people, and, and styles and patience levels. And so, yeah, so I think hopefully that brings us to where we are today and, and what I'm, what I'm currently working on. <laughs> For sure. Oh my gosh. You, you said that story and I, I just hearkened back to like six years ago, Adam, who thought he would just learn Photoshop because it's easy. Right. <laughs> I mean, no, of course I'll do my own video editing. I'll Lifelong pursuits cool. right there. Yeah, and it's like, oh, what are you doing? It didn't last long. So thankfully, I quickly went, what is this? Oh my gosh, no <laughs> chance. But right. I think you hit it. Like, like we need ways to create content that is high quality, but also not overwhelming in the, the time consumption required to do it. And doesn't need a PhD in you know, Adobeocracy or something, you know, to right. be able to, to produce the content. Yep. And to their credit, I mean, I know the Adobe folks and, you know, they are doing a really good job too of trying to simplify their apps, right? They, they recognize that, that, okay, some of this has, has, has gotten so mature over the years with so many features, it's actually hurting, you know, the usage of it. And it's funny you mentioned that. Cause I mean, there was, as a filmmaker, there was a year where I was like, man, I really need to learn VFX and 3D, you know, animation. And, you know, I, I need to, and it's like, whoa, learning curve, too steep. <laughs> uh, 
I'm about to not become a filmmaker real fast trying to learn that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think at a certain scale, everything becomes specialist. Right. Like you you either generalist stay down here. You know, if you want to advance to a higher level, it's about becoming specialized in something. Right. That's and that's a huge struggle for a lot of people is to figure out are you a generalist or are you a specialist? Because as a generalist, you're torn because you can't do everything to the extent that you would want to do it. And there's that gap there in quality where you're like, I know if I can just learn this, I could do it better. But as a manager, as a generalist, you you have to just know enough to be dangerous and then find the specialists, right? And then the specialists are like, wow, you know, you, you know how to do all these different things. And isn't that cool? It's like, yeah, but you're cool for knowing your job and doing it well. So embrace that if you're a specialist. And if you're a generalist, then you're called to leadership. You're called to manage specialists, right? For sure. That's so interesting. And I think so like we have a shared background in the arts and has really, I think, and from my experience, has really helped shaped my way of thinking and my ability to be creative and to see, you know, be able to interact with creatives because creatives are, you know, for all you creatives out there, you're crazy. You know it. It's okay. <laughs> so am I. Um, how has your background with the arts and filmmaking like helped shape you into to being the person you are? Absolutely. Yeah. It's It's been huge for sure. I think filmmaking has probably, so filmmaking has been the one skill set that mirrors the best to being a CEO, I would say. Uh, as a writer director, the writer, the writing part of it is like the vision, right? Like this is what this film is going to be. And then the directing is like the execution operations part. Like how are we going to execute this? Uh, and then you, and then there's the whole management of everybody to making sure that happens. And so you have to um, kind of be the cheerleader, the evangelist of the project as well, uh, you know, from a leader leadership standpoint. So that's been the most eye-opening for me because the quote in the film industry that I learned as I was doing my first uh, sci-fi short film was the natural state of a film is to not be made. <laughs> and so, so there's all these things that are going to block and prevent you from accomplishing, you know, getting the film done. Right. And whether you're building code or you're building a house or whatever you're trying to do that's worthwhile in the world, it's natural state is to like not be done. Like it just, it just wants to not happen. You want to just, you know, the resistance, whatever you want to call it, it just doesn't want to happen. And so as a creator, you're always battling this, uh, this resistance to try to just, man, I, I have to get this one baby step in front of another to get this thing done. And so that's what it feels like sometimes as a, as a leader, as a CEO, uh, if you're an operator, uh, if you're an entrepreneur, like whatever you're trying to accomplish, it's a fight. And so I think embracing the chaos is a huge lesson I learned as a creator moving over to the business world. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Always chaos, but chaos is a good thing, right? Right. The only business that's not in chaos is one that's out of business. Ooh, that's a quote right there. <laughs> You're always in chaos. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's so cool because like you starting as a filmmaker, 
filmmakers are behind the camera, right? Yeah. Yeah. And what one of the places of resistance I get from when I'm coaching people to be operators, I'm like, dude, you got to get like on with your team too. Like there's the behind the scenes stuff, but then you got to get out there as well. So like, did you have any fear of moving from behind the camera to being in front and now in this, you know, pretty visible leadership position? And how did you overcome that? Of course. That? Yeah, that that's that is probably the biggest area of growth for me in the last year or so, right? Which is, okay, you can't hide anymore. <laughs> you can't hide, right? Like you gotta, you gotta just be out front. And I was talking to Sam Parr, uh, who's the host of My First Million and The Hustle. He founded The Hustle. And he was saying that when you're podcasting and you're, or you're creating content, at some point, it you prove out who you are the more you talk and create content. And so if you don't, have, if you don't bring anything to the table, if you don't bring any value, it'll be evident over time. <laughs> and so the, the good part about it is you can be confident if you're listening to this and you know that you know something valuable in the world, right? Like you're confident in your skill set, no matter what it is. Moving to the front of the camera and being out front of people when you actually have a knowledge or expertise in something, that gives you some confidence to say like, okay, I can work on my ums and ahs and all of that to present better, I can improve those things and I can learn how to speak well. And it takes some of the fear out of it. Now, if you don't have expertise, you don't know what you're talking about and you're just full of hot air and you get in front of the camera, then it it shows out over time, right? <laughs> and, I, and I think some of that fear is just the unknown and you just don't know like, are people going to judge me? Am I going to fail? Am I not going to speak right? And you're self-conscious about it. But most people are very forgiving about that kind of stuff, right? Especially if you have a message worth sharing and they and they want to learn from you, like they can tolerate that, right? Like I just was watching an Elon Musk interview where I think the guy stuttered so many times. And it, what's funny was the captions actually put in all of his ums, ahs, I, 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 eyes and like everything. Like it was like, they, they literally transcribed every thing he was saying. And I was like, wow, if Elon Musk, who arguably is, you know, well, he was the richest man in the world, but very well known across the world, no matter what your view of him can speak like that in front of camera, in front of the camera regularly, I think you're going to be okay. <laughs> right. And so uh, now a lot of people judge him. A lot of people hate him. Right. But we're not famous like that. Like we're not on that level. And so if you have value, you can be confident that getting in front of the camera is going to be okay. It's not the end of the world and practice makes perfect. So get your reps in. Right. I mean, look, we've all been pulled into zoom calls. I mean, just that alone has helped a lot of people be comfortable on the camera, right? Because if you're in a if you're in a job and your boss is like, "Hey, turn your camera on," I want to see you, and you're like, "Oh no, <laughs> I 
I don't want to do it. Right. You have to, that was a big journey for a lot of people, right. During COVID was to just turn your camera on. And I think that's a rep that you can use to say, Hey, I'm going to do my reps. I'm going to turn my camera on. I'm going to practice the lighting. Right. So filmmaking is a lot about lighting, right? So if you're going to be on camera creating content, make sure you're you're presenting well. Those are all things you can fix. You can learn. You can YouTube it. You can learn how to get your studio right. I mean, Adam, I'm looking at your studio right now. You, it's a, a very nice you know, background, a lot of interesting things. Are those merit badges, by the way? Those are military commander coins. Nice. Very yeah. cool, man. That's awesome. Oh, I, yeah. I did a whole episode on this. It's called oh, did you? Zoom Stage. That's I, cool. I treat this as my stage. Very so, cool. Yeah. It is. It is your stage. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. So I hope that answers your question. I think, um, yeah, getting being out front is something that is, um, is probably my biggest growth area. Because you're right. Like I've been behind the camera and not in front of it. <laughs> I love it. It's so much deeper than what you'll hear from certain talking heads is, oh, just, just, just do it. You'll be all right. But, but, but the, the added thing that you put in there was, well, if you don't know your crap, you're, you're not going to be all right. So right. know your crap first, <laughs> know your craft. Cause I, I found it so interesting. Every person I said, who's ever told me they don't like being on camera. And then I asked them to talk about some hobby they have and they won't shut up. Like, right. <laughs> like, no, you're fine. You just need to get your get your knowledge base down. And then you man, you hit the nail on the head. Rehearse, 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 rehearse. I don't I've spent every bit of 300 hours on camera this year. And I wow. still rehearse things in my little office here because wow. we're we're yeah. both musicians. I mean, we know right. the you know, no one else can do your push-ups. So you right. gotta do your push-ups, you gotta do your reps. And I even use my phone here. I'll record myself talking then like hear it back. Dude. Yes. Oh somewhere. man. So this exercise, I just saw a viral video. I think his name is Vin. I'm not forget his last name now. Very well-spoken speaker, author. And mm -hmm. uh, one of his clips went viral and I watched it and it, it was a clip. I'll share it with you if I can find it, but it was a clip of an exercise he recommended for everyone to do. If you're a speaker, now you can do this, obviously, if you're just a content creator, but he said, film, film your, or he said, I think I'm going to paraphrase, pick a topic that you can talk on for five minutes, right? Yep. Any topic that you can really passionately talk about for five minutes that you have expertise in, you know, backward and forward, and you can talk about it. And then just off the top of your head, present your ideas, right? Present about it, talk, talk about it, right? And film yourself doing it. Then he said, now I want you to replay that, but I want you to just listen to it. And I want you to take mm -hmm. notes on it. How are you saying the words? Are you using ums and ahs? How are you pausing? Are you going too fast, too slow? What is your cadence? Like all the things you can figure out just on the audio. Then he said, I want you to put it on mute and just watch it. Now look at all your mannerisms, how you're moving your hands, how you're leaning back and forth, how you're licking your lips, how you're, you know, rolling your eyes, how you're looking around the room, all the different things that your body is communicating with no audio. 
right? Yeah. If you're on a stage, how are you walking around the stage? Are you looking at people in the audience? Are you looking down at the floor? Are you looking up at the ceiling the whole time? Like, what are you doing? What is your body communicating, right? And then he said, transcribe your audio into text. Read it. Edit it. Now, when you see the edited version of it, how does that inform how you'll say it back better the next time, right? So, so take the edit and look at that and say, okay, I here's how I organize my thoughts naturally. Here's how I need to modify how I present to make it more clear. And then you'll get better over time, obviously. Now, if you do that exercise regularly, I mean, imagine how much better you'll get. No, you can't help but get better with that level of detail. <laughs> that Absolutely. was my suggestion, like taken to 11. I love it. And now <laughs> I'm going to have to do it next time and I'm going to be cursing Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully you'll be happy with the result later on. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I, but that's why we do things, right? Like we want the outcome. And I know all of us want to reach this, whatever your level of success is, whatever means success to you, we all want it. And, and to hear really tangible things about how to get there is, is so amazing. And it's not even, it's not even just for content, but like if you're leading a team, like to take that same exercise, like let's say you got to deliver bad news to your team. Mm. If, yeah. You know, if you've led a business for more than 10 minutes, you've had to do this. Imagine doing that exercise before you have to deliver the bad news. Great like how idea. How much more effective you're going to be as a leader. So you don't, you give them their information and you don't scare the hell out of them. Like it's, mm. it's gotta be both. And there's just so much, so much value to the, the idea of practice. And then that added layer of like self-reflection and reviewing. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a great suggestion, by the way, of rehearsing, hard conversations, courageous conversations, right? <laughs> like, like if yeah. you have to have the courage to have a conversation that you're regretting or you're avoiding, you might want to record it and see how it gets delivered. Yeah. <laughs> the last job I left, I, I quit like 40 times before I actually quit. Oh, wow. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I knew awful. it was going to be one of those conversations. I'm like, oh, man, I don't want to do this. But was it worth part it? part of the fun. Of course. Yeah. It's worth it. <laughs> Set me awesome. on this path. So it's been amazing. That's really great. Uh, so cool. And that, I mean, that there's so much we can unpack from that and go down rabbit holes, but let, let's, let's avoid any further rabbit holes just for now. We'll definitely get there. <laughs> and I, I love what you guys do because it, it, it really does allow us like another way to repurpose content, to find new ways to, to, to use things like I was talking to to my coach the other day. I was like, how do you come up with all these topics that you're teaching? I was like, oh, we just, you know, just make them up. And if they work good, then we'll figure out other ways to use it. So this is a yet another tool in that in that in that quiver because content creation is it's just changing so rapidly. And you're 100%. so uniquely positioned with the people that you're speaking to and your customers. I feel like I'm doing a disservice to myself and the audience. I don't ask, what are you seeing from your seat in terms of content creation moving forward as we're as we're entering a new year? 
Yeah. So the big topic right now is AI, right? You can't avoid it. Yeah. It's everywhere. Of course, I've spoken with several friends that are not in the content creation digital space that are like, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> didn't, didn't Elon mention something about that? Or, you know, like they just, they don't know the major, major shift in the last couple of weeks that's happened with open AI, chat GPT, all the things that are basically putting in our hands, an intelligent uh, search engine, basically, or an intelligence that thinks like more like a human brain. And so the AI capabilities are being realized in all different verticals right now, meaning each vertical is figuring out how it can benefit them. And Mm -hmm. in the content creation game, there's many different uses that people are looking at. And some are great and some are a little on the edge, right? So there's a there's positives and negatives to AI uh, in the content game. Of course, the, the first one being that it gives everyone a level playing field. So if you're if English is not your first language and you want to write English, it'll do it for you. <laughs> right? Wow. It'll literally you pick some topics, it'll write you a blog. You pick some topics, it'll find the best blogs in the world on it, give you all the points. The negative side of that is that if you're writing good content, you're going to become part of the matrix, part of the machine of what this AI can pull from to give to other people that are rewording all your stuff, reusing your stuff, remixing your stuff. So it really is going to have a major impact to the point where very quickly, we're going to get to the point, the technology is already out there. It's just not widely distributed yet, where let's say you want to do a podcast. You teach the AI your voice. You tell the AI to write a podcast for you. And then your AI voice reads your own podcast. And now you have an episode that you never even had to do anything other than tell the AI what to make. (laughs) Wow. And then let's say you wanted I don't to know translate if I'm excited that or scared by that, but right. And then let's say you want to translate that into 30 different languages and then have your own voice speak in another language. All those other podcasts. That's the future that we can, that we're quickly going towards. Right. And so it's becoming it's becoming a good tool and a bad tool. Some people are scared of it. Some people are unsure what to think of it. Some people are embracing it. Uh, one of the examples I read about was, uh, I think his name is um, Carl Magnus. Is that the the chess master? Uh, when the AI chess AI was trying to, when he was playing against it and it it was winning, right? He was learning from it. And looking at it as this AI is playing in a way that I've never seen a human play before because it's willing to take risky moves that a human would never do, right? So you're sacrificing your queen for a pawn because down the line you can checkmate, right? And it's just crazy moves like that. And and so he actually looked at it like this is a positive thing that I can learn from and it makes me better as a tool to up my game. Yeah. You can also look at it 
you know, negatively, like, okay, everybody's going to steal my content. I don't know if any of the content I'm reading is actually right or true or authentic. I don't know if this person wrote this or if they just modeled it uh, from something else and reworded it. Um, there are art galleries right now that are refusing AI art because you can now just type in a few words and it'll generate amazing art. <laughs> this is available now, right? There's AIs that'll, you can say, um, I want Adam in Antarctica flying on the trapeze and it'll draw it for you, right? Like whatever you want to come up with, <laughs> it'll draw it. And so, yeah, the art galleries are like, whoa, like we, we're, we, we don't know what to do with this. Like we need to stop accepting this AI art right now because we have to figure out what does this mean for us? And so I think in every vertical, we're having to figure out what does, what does this new AI mean for the industry? Meanwhile, a lot of us are just trying to get our content out in the world, right? And so there are a lot of tools now that are available that just repurposes content um, transcribes your audio, creates, you know, like what Wave does, like we we allow you to start with audio and we create the video for you. So, you know, in the, in the content complexity game, you're kind of coming in with audio in the middle mm-hmm. and then going up a step to get video. If you're more sophisticated, you would start with video. You would strip out the audio to get the audio. You transcribe that for the text. Right. And then you take a screenshot of the video and now you have some visuals to it. Maybe add some graphic design over that, et cetera, et cetera. And then it's like, okay, what platforms out there take my different kinds of content so that I can contextually orient that that content for the platform that I'm posting it to. And I think that's very important because a lot of people think that there's this magic world where I just create one piece of content and I can magically format it for all the different platforms, right? It's We're not quite there yet. It doesn't work like that. Now, AI could change that. I think we might get there one day where it's so smart that it knows all the ins and outs, right? It knows how to adapt your content for the different platforms. It knows that this platform uses these kind of hashtags. It knows that, you know, there's a title over here on this one. You can only link here. You can only put a link in the bio over here. You can't put a link in the text here. You can in YouTube, but you can on Instagram, right? All these different rules of each platform that you have to know. And you, you know, I talked about a certain person, a certain influencer, how do I know how to tag that person in each platform? How do I know how to uh, tag the right, use the right hashtags on, on each platform? How do I know how to um, do you know influencer collaborations or brand collaborations? There's all these questions that lend themselves to understanding which platforms you're on and how to g- give content that that platform likes. So I'll give you an example. On Twitter, Twitter threads are a big deal right now. Meaning there's a really hook first tweet and then it says a thread. It might have a little emoji of a thread, right? A little thimble or, you know, whatnot. And then, you know, that I'm going to click through and read all these other tweets that are all related to that hook title, right? Well, you're not going to magically be able to write a viral Twitter thread without some thought and planning from just your podcast, Right. Right. And now with AI, you're starting to 
potentially get to the point where you can transcribe your your audio, paste that transcription into an AI, and tell it, give me a Twitter thread. <laughs> oh my gosh. And it'll look at other popular Twitter threads and potentially give you some things, but then you still have to post it, format it right, link it, get all. I mean, so there's so you can't get away from the work of it. And that's why we really at Wave want to make it as simple as possible and try to make it, you know, just an easy thing to do because we know as creators, if we put barriers up, yeah. the less likely we're going to do it, right? It's just that much harder to do it. And so a lot of the prevailing wisdom, and I would agree with this, it's very hard to follow though, is pick up, pick one platform. If you're starting off, pick one flat platform that you can dominate and really get good at, and then take your audience that you build there and invite them to join you on the next one and the next one and the next one until you're on, across all of them and managing that well. Mm-hmm. And because a lot of us, we try to go, you know, an inch deep on 10 different platforms instead of a mile deep on one platform. And it's just very tempting to want to be on all the platforms, you know, and I'm guilty of this too. It's like, you want to be on all the platforms, but it's like, yeah, but your signal to noise ratio is nothing. Right. (laughs) Oh, I don't know if I'm inspired or kind of worried about this now, to be (laughs) honest. I mean, it's, and I mean, I mean, the operator in me says, well, it doesn't matter if this is happening. This is happening. Mm-hmm. So better figure out how to adapt buttercup. Cause it's coming. Right. I was telling one of my filmmaker friends about it. He was absolutely blown away. And he asked me, he said, well, is this going to replace filmmaking? <laughs> and then he asked me, how do I use this? Right. And right. then he texted me back like moments later, he's like, I just asked it to give me a, um, I think he said either a shot list or a um, or a proposal or something. And it just wrote it for him. And he was like, <laughs> this <Wow>. is insane. <laughs> so, oh, my goodness. Yeah. So whatever niche you're in, I would encourage you to think about, I mean, lawyers are using it to write contracts for them. Um, you know, if you need a thumbnail, you can just come up, describe what you need. It'll just draw it for you. Um, you know, the other day I, I, I thought it would be funny to put in my newsletter, um, somebody from like the 1800s or something on an iPhone. And so it took an old photograph and put an iPhone in the hand of this lady. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Oh, I love it. So you just have to figure, I wouldn't be afraid of it as much as I would, um, explore it. Like think just a minute about if you had an intelligent robot sitting in front of you, what would you ask it to do for you in your industry, in your context? Right. Yeah. Um, and then experiment with it. Uh, go to openai.com, I think, and uh, create an account. It's not going to be free forever. I'll tell you that. Uh, they're experimenting right now with it. Um, a lot of these AIs, some of them you have to pay for, but some of them are free. And so just experiment with it. And then there's a lot, I think what we're going to see over the next year or so, we're going to see a lot of, SaaS companies, uh, content companies start incorporating this into the AI. So if you don't want to mess with it, you're not an early adopter. If this sounds scary to you, just wait. It'll it'll feed its way through every part of all the apps you're using. But I think the opportunity is there. And it's such that, like I said, this is happening no matter what. So we, I mean, 
take a moment to reflect back and think, man, if only I would have gotten to YouTube earlier when it was easy. I mean, <laughs> this is that time where things are going to be as easy as they're going to be. So right. it's going to be the early adopters that win, at least for the interim. And they might not win the long game, but they're going to win the short game. Yep. And this is what I was I was sharing recently that, you know, the scary part, if you're a an influencer or you're an expert on a topic and you're realizing that anybody can now aggregate all your knowledge and pass it off as their own. Right. So, so what's the differentiator now? If knowledge is a commodity, if expertise is a commodity, if it's all out there, how do I differentiate myself? Right. And it's really going to come down to what we said earlier on this call, which is, what can you be an expert at over time? Right. Right. Because if you're on the cutting edge of what you're an expert in or your industry and you're constantly learning and aggregating your, your knowledge and pulling in from outside sources and being inspired, you're always going to be on the cutting edge of what humans care about <laughs> Yeah, and what we're doing and what we're talking about. Right. And so you can lead and be the thought leader in that. And no AI or machine can catch up because they're always copying. So they can only copy and follow you. And so the the viral ideas and the things that are, are original to what you're coming up with on the cutting edge of whatever your industry is, that is going to be the differentiator, especially over time. If you're consistently putting out content about that, then you will naturally rise to the top and be a leader in that. I think the hard part, if you're a generalist, is I like so many things, right? I hear that all the time and I struggle with it too. I like, you know, music and writing and photography and filmmaking and design and, oh my goodness, I can't focus. And it's like, well, you got to focus on something. Right. And, and that, that is hard in and of itself. And that, that requires a lot of inner work to really say, what is preventing me from just picking one thing and being good at it and knowing what I'm talking about? At least pick one thing and do that to prove to yourself that you can do it. <laughs> right. Right. If like, like pick something you can get passionate about too. Cause yeah. Like to become that specialist, it takes a level of passion, takes a level of drive. And I want to do this not all day, every day, but some every day. Yeah. I usually tell people like, if you can see yourself talking about it for a year, that's a good indication. Right. If you see yourself, if you know yourself well enough to where you're like, okay, I want to talk about, you know, I don't know, trapeze flying. You're like, eh, but I don't know. Like I probably will only have a month and then I'll get tired of it. That's probably not a good topic, right? Yes. (laughs) Probably become an expert. But if you go every week, if you're, if you've been training in it for a while, you love it. It's super amazing. And you see yourself doing it for years to come. Hey, become the, become the spokesperson for everybody in that create a community. That's the other thing too, that's happening is, um, AI doesn't create community mm. right now. Now you could argue yeah. it does. Cause it creates a bunch of bots that like all your stuff. And you think that it's a great community. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. but it's totally made up. Uh, but I think that's why too, and you've been in this, Adam, in the course world, uh, and I have as well, 
where I'm curious to hear your thoughts on the evolution of it, but it really has morphed from course taking and information gathering into community where you're bouncing ideas of other people in the community. You're asking questions, you're getting help. People are helping each other within a community. So it's become more about like networking and encouragement than it has been about just getting knowledge. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, I don't know many courses worth their salt. I mean, you know, entry level, like $29 courses are an exception, but you start getting into premium offers. There's a community aspect to it. And I think it's more important now than ever. Partially because I think the, the impacts of the last two years are still catching up with some people and they're starting to realize just how much they need human connection yes, and how much that actually does benefit them. <laughs> yes. So if you're scared about all the AI stuff, come back to what we just said. <laughs> yes. You, you cannot get around the human connection at all. So that's important. And if it ever catches up to that, we'll get Sarah Connor. We'll travel back in time. and, and... <laughs> Love it. You got That's me thinking great. about filmmaking now and I'm like revisiting my favorites in my, in my yes, brain. that is one of the best sci-fis. I love it. Absolutely. Jeff, I, I, I know we're coming up on, on the hour and I do want to be respectful of your time. Um, before we wrap up any, any final thoughts before we, we go our way? No, just know that we live in an increasingly distracted world. And so it's on us as the operators and as the leaders and as the creators to protect our time, protect our attention, protect our focus, and really be able to deliver uh, for those that, that we care about. So that's what I'll leave you with today. <laughs> Absolutely. And shameless plug, Wave helps you do that. Like I said, I've, I've used it many, 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 many times. Thank it, you. It just shoots it. It's like done. <laughs> and it okay all right and for my operators in the room that means you can do what you can delegate it guys yes which is a great so absolutely thanks adam Appreciate thank you, you jeff it's been an absolute honor thank you so much and have a great rest of your day and you operators out there check them out uh, i'll have the link in the show notes and until next time operators lead the way Hey, before you bounce out of here, I have a free strategy session available exclusively for my podcast audience. In this 30-minute phone call, we'll unveil the immediate steps you can take to operationalize your business and put you back in the driver's seat. Just go to www.adamliette.com and click start here.